Hey, I'm Bexy, and welcome to the Not So Kosher podcast. Please help me welcome my potato to my knish, my dressing to my salad, my virtual side dish, Dave Canyon. How are the roads today, Dave? How's your drive? Today in New York City, in the New York State Thruway, going northbound, the roads are dry <laughs> and fantastic. The, the sides are great, and the traffic is moving at a brisk speed of 65 to 100. <laughs> I am trailing behind at 60. I just realized, now that you mentioned it, I'm going to push this up a little bit. We'll keep up with the back. Yeah, I'm getting run over here. What are you supposed to be driving there, 65? There's posted speed limit of 65. Which is really kind of hilarious. Yeah. You know, nobody's doing 65. Yeah. I yeah. Could do a, I could do a whole video series called Nobody's Doing the Speed Limit. Everywhere I go in New York, I mean, it's sure it's all over the United States. Yeah. But everywhere I go, nobody's doing the speed limit. Nobody. It's like Everybody's death. Going way faster. Isn't it like Death Valley? You can, I think they post like 90 or something ridiculous, but everybody goes like, whatever. But so you're saying, have wow. you gone, can you go 100 in your fit or your Kia? Can you go 100? If I wanted it to be the last ride I ever have, yes. Oh. <laughs> Would it yes. shake itself to I'm death? Sure. Would it shake itself to death and fall off the road? <laughs> uh, well, I think I would. I think yeah. I would start shaking and falling apart. I don't know if I can handle 100 anymore. You know, years ago, I had a different job, much further commute. I was chronically late, chronic. I was very chronic. And um, uh, not because of chronic, I was just chronically late. Uh, that was just my thing, procrastinating, very little sleep, always in a rush. And I, yeah, I would go up this road doing 100 miles an hour in whatever vehicle I had. And all my vehicles would last like two or three years. But it was horrible for gas consumption. It was horrible for tickets. It was horrible for my mental well-being. It was really quite stressful. But I never I never stopped. I never, like, learned my lesson. I never, I never got on the right track until recently where I really just, you know, I just mellowed out. And this job I don't have to punch in. My last job, I had to punch oh. in, and, you know, and they tracked you. Yeah. So you would think that that would have been enough of a, an inspiration, you know, motivation to, uh, you know, uh, to make it happen, but I did not. I was like, nah, I'll leave in 10 minutes, and then before you know it, I was way late. Oh, it was terrible. And then I would run, I would park my car, and I would run across the park a lot mm-hmm. in horrible shape, and I'd be, and then I would have to run up three flights of stairs. I was like, oh, my God, I was like, it was hilarious. You know, they, my coworkers enjoyed watching me uh, torture myself. I was literally torturing myself. Dave, have you have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? Oh, sure. Really? Uh, I about one year. I don't have any uh, empathy for uh, guys that write tickets. I, I, I feel bad for them in one way because what a life! What yeah. a life that you're going around making like miserable for yeah. people, but you're but you're brainwashed into thinking. That you're serving the public safety. Right. You know what I'm saying? I hate to be anti-law. I hate to be anti-law and anti-cop or but I like, you know, I like the cops to give you a warning. Like, hey, man, you know, I understand. Listen, just, you know, just keep it down. If I see you again, then I'm ready. You know, give me, give me a chance. And, uh, you know, look, I'm a truck driver. My license is very valuable. Exactly. My license is going to be my career. And uh, I very rarely meet uh, any, any uh, uh, law enforcement that is empathetic. They're usually really gung-ho. A lot of people don't abuse yes. privilege. You know, they have these hot rods, you know, these cars out here. And they fly at 110 at night. I get it. 
Yeah. But if you're legitimately late, and there's still no excuse for speeding, but I don't like the fact that they stalk. Exactly. They wait, but that's what they've been doing. That's what police have been doing for years on the throughways. And now, when you drive as much as I do, it's annoying. But I have mellowed out. I'm sitting here. I'm podcasting. Good, good. I'm conditioning on. And uh, I'm getting older and slower. And uh, I just enjoy the uh, the triple up. I set the cruise cruise control for 65. And I'm, I'm oh. really all obsessed about gas mileage. Perfect. There you go. So, so getting into some information that I need to know. Um, Okay. Uh, in listening to one of your podcasts, uh, you were talking about chuckle fucks. I, I'm I'm fascinated. <laughs> I'm fascinated by that I word. Going, I love when you go deep into my life. You really can, you know, learn way to the TMI on my on my life with my podcast. Yes. You heard the one where I talk about the chuckle fucks. Yeah. Wow. Can, can you kind can you kind of explain that to our listeners of what chuckle fucks means? <laughs> well, it's, it's my words that I've created. I, I, I coin words and phrases often if I can, and they just come to me. I don't set out to do it. And I listened to uh, this, that specific episode, I think. I was referring referring to a podcast, but uh, it's definitely applicable to many podcasts or radio shows uh, where a couple of people are sitting around, guys, girls, it doesn't matter. And one person says something, and next thing you know, everybody's like, <laughs> everybody's like, everybody's out of their minds, but they're listening to what they think is the funniest thing ever. And it's a non-stop chuckle fuck fest, you know? And I sit there, <laughs> yeah, chuckle fuck fest. And, um, and uh, you, know, you know, this is rare vulgarity out of my mouth. Yes, it's, yes. It's a phrase that... Yeah, but it's not really a curse word. It's more of a, an, an applicable phrase to a, a behavior of a person that I, that I don't approve of. <laughs> That's what it is, if you want to get the, you know, really definitive of you know. So, uh, and I get turned off because I'm like, wait a minute, guys. You're talking, but you're laughing so hard. I don't even know what you're laughing about anymore. And you let me decide. Let me, the listener, decide what's funny, you know. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I've been laughing during our podcast, but I can't help but see these things. And uh, you surprise me all the time. So uh, I'm actually, even though the people who are listening to the show right now, even though I'm a co-host, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm actually still thinking myself as a listener because I've listened to you before. And now, now I'm listening to you ask me the question, so I'm still laughing a little bit. But you know, not into a whole frenzy. These guys think the whole, the whole thing. So yeah, <laughs> that is the definition of chuckle puck. And now the newest edition. Chuckle fuck fest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, question. What what's your take on this this shit with uh Trump taking the kids from their parents? I'm so interested. <laughs> I'm so interested in what everybody has to say about that. You're, all right, that's so funny. Trump taking the kids. Yeah. Um, well, you know uh, what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, I heard a very interesting thing today. Like, I don't, I, I'm really against it. I mean, to me, it's very Holocaust-y. But I also heard a very interesting thing today that somebody said. They said, people are taking, people say, people are, those, no, it's okay. People are stealing those children. This is what someone said. They're stealing children from people in Mexico before they try to cross the border because they're bad people and they're using these kids yes. to get into the country 
and saying that they're their children. And I didn't think about that. I didn't even know that. I, of course, am too soft. And I was like, how can you take these children away from these people and just send them all back? I don't get why they don't just send them all back then. And they have to legally come here like right. you're in, you're, you and I ancestry did. You know, I, I, I don't understand why they right. can't just do it that way. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. It's your, I, I asked you first. No, no, but, <laughs> yeah, no tangent. I, I, well, first of all, let me just say this, because I, I think we're treading on dangerous waters here. But oh. it's okay. Cause I, you know, that's how kosher podcasts can, it doesn't have to be kosher. Can be yeah. anything it wants to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get it. I get it. But let me just say this. First of all, the entire situation is very complicated. Way beyond my mental capabilities. It truly is. I, I'm a truck driver. Yeah. I live thousands of miles away in upstate New York. Far be it for me to be able to comprehend anything that's going on. That I really, I don't know what it looks like, except for what the media shows me. I don't know, I don't know what it is, except for the images and the words that I get from a media that I don't know if is legitimate enough yeah. to describe it in a way that I can understand and fully be involved. That's right. one. Right. Two, um, two is that here's my take on most things uh, in the news, you know, most things in the world. And I, I, I plan on doing something about this. I plan on it's probably never going to happen because I just, I just can't put these things together. But have I, all things being equal, if I had a staff. All right, I was one of those professional guys. This is the show I want to do. Yeah. On my podcast, nothing that you see on the news, nothing that you see on the news is what it is. Is what it is. In other words, it's what's real. Right, we go down the road. Listen, you just you got you got something on your arm, something on your body. You go, oh, what's that? What's that? So, so what you're seeing is the outcomes. You know, whatever, some sort of blemish, some sort of scar, whatever, something on your body. You go, oh, what's that? Is that what, is that melanoma? Is that do I, do I have cancer? Is that AIDS? What is that on my arm? What is that on my on my chest? And then you go to the doctor, and you turn, it turns out it's something deep within you that has manifested itself into the thing you're seeing. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? you're absolutely right. So, right. So I believe that everything, I believe everything that you see on television is not what you're supposed to be seeing. It's not what you even need to know. What you need to know is what's going on deep inside the root cause of the situation. And... You never get that. They'll never give that to you because nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that because it's boring. What they want to see is the outcome. The baby's crying, the people evacuating, the volcano, the the economics, all that post stuff after, way after everything is manifested. That's what the media wants to show you because that's the only way you'll be in tune. Remember, the news is a for-profit organization. They make money by keeping you engaged. Right. Like the news, you know, just this, just in, all that stuff. And they need to create fear and paranoia and concern. You will never, ever, ever see a half-hour news show saying, hey, listen, today, a half-hour of only good news. We have Eric Severi down the field. Eric Severi. We have Harry Reasoner. We have Barbara Walters. No, David, uh, Peter Jennings, the top broker. We have all these people. We have the all-star news from all over the world. Guess what? All they have is good news. 
We have, you know, we have plenty of food. We have plenty of water. We have clean air. We have peaceful existence. And we're going to bring it to you. And guess what? Everyone's going to be like, all right, got to go. Right. Uh, I'm going right. to watch Jeopardy <laughs> because that has a lot more tension. I'm yeah. going to watch Wheel of Fortune and guess the puzzle. That's the news. The news is there to, to give you the bad news. You're right. Except for one little segment at the end where they find that dog that travels across the country back <laughs> to its owner. You know, there's a, there's, the good news is at the end. And by the way, that's like that's, that, that is like the, the, the dessert. When you sit at the news table, you know, they give you all this substantive, you know, meat news. And then at the end, they go, hey, there's a little cookie. And you oh, that's why I come back. I come back for the cookie. You know, so, you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, I, 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 I don't buy it. I don't really, I do watch the news, not regularly. And I, I try to answer your question without really answering your question. Only because I think that's dangerous territory. I do have an opinion. If you want to hear it, I'll give you an opinion. But I don't, it's just an opinion. I don't know. It's very complicated. I mean, is, is, can we get any agreement on that? What do you, how do you well, feel about that? I, I want, I, I want, I want your opinion. I'm super curious what you have to say about it. Right, all right. But what about the other stuff? I mean, can you, do you buy into any of that? Um, yeah, nothing you see is really the story. Yeah. I've, I've always felt that way. I mean, like it's always, that's, you can never believe, you know, how Trump always says, you know, fake news. I don't know if I completely agree with that complete statement of, or that saying of fake news, but, um, cause I know there's a lot of news out there that's really legit, but we're just, sometimes it's kind of like telephone you know how how they say that you know that telephone story, like you tell a story to somebody and it just kind of works its way down to be completely different than what it really right. is. Yeah, that's how I kind of look at a lot yeah. of stuff. But you know, that's why I want to talk. I want to see what you see through it. I want to see what your feeling actually is of what you see as being going on with that. Honestly, I don't even know if I'll put this on. I'm just super curious about what you have to say about it. <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. You can edit. Yeah, I, I love yeah. your editing. Your editing. Yeah. I trust you. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. I, I, let me just so I, I have nothing to hide. So here's my opinion. Okay. Honestly, I never, ever really know enough to know enough. I don't. I only know, and I, I'm repeating myself a little bit, but this is really true. I only know what little I see in the media. I haven't spent hours studying it. I haven't spent hours reading about it. I don't even know where to go to get the true information. I don't know if I should go to the New York Times or the New York Post or the Daily News or, you know, I don't know, you know, in Minnesota where you have, you know, the Minnesota Tribune or whatever. I don't don't know where to go. I've spent my whole life doubting, way before Trump, doubting everything I read, you know, uh, because I know the truth. And the truth is, these people that write these columns, but again, I'm not answering the question, but I am answering the question. The people that write this stuff, they're like you. They're like me. They're just trying to keep their job. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just, they have it. The editors are looking to fill columns. Right. It's a business. Right. It's like, it's like waiting tables. It's like everything else in the world. And they have to be as exploitive as they can. And, and somehow make it seem re- uh, realistic and, and reliable and with integrity. And frankly, I don't know if I can trust any of it. And this is how it felt way before the term, excuse me, I'm perfect, uh, the term before Frank, uh, fake news became a legitimate phrase. And uh, so I don't know the answer. I know it's very complicated. And I'm about to do a show, again, 
I'm going to do a show on dumbing it down about this, but I don't know if it's really going to happen. And uh, But I believe, my feeling on the whole thing, where is the president of Mexico in all of this? Because there is a president. In fact, it's called... It's wow. called the United States of Mexico. I don't know if you knew that. It's not even just really called Mexico. It's really supposed to be called the United States of Mexico. And how can we never, ever hear or see the president of the United of the United States of Mexico? He's been in office for six years now. What's his deal, man? Where's the accountability in Mexico? What's the problem? Why has this been going on? You're, just, you're the same age I am, basically, ever since we were kids. It's always been wetbacks. It's always been across the border. It's always been this whole thing about Mexico. So yeah. why can't Mexico get... What's so bad in Mexico that people are running to the border for the last... I'm 55. Yeah, so yeah. My cognizance is... Uh, so what is happening that they can't fix it where people are not trying to leave the country? If you were the president of a country and people were running away from you, wouldn't you be like, uh, what's going on? Hey, hey, what's, yeah. what, I don't understand, you know. Uh, Good point. Why are you leaving? Why is everybody, what's going on here? Hey, go, turn, turn around, come back. Let's, let's try this again. Why, what do you need? How can I make you happy? Why? What's going on? Yeah. That's my question. Well, you never see Mexico on TV, the president. You never. Well, I think I think that he's figuring he's you know he they got so many fucking problems down there the the president's I, he doesn't have any control he has very little control of certain if you want to say states of Mexico there that it's a mess and he probably figures the more people he gets the hell out of the country that possibly could be bad people he's I don't give a shit let fucking Trump deal with them right let him kill him. Yes. That's the other part of what I, what I never got yeah. to. Yeah, Why right. is the responsibility for these people on us? Right, right. Why? I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I don't want to be trying to sensitive. Like, oh no, no, I want to say that we, we should take care of these people, but because we are the default neighbor to the north. Yeah. This is somehow now my problem, our problem. I, I feel bad. I, I know this sounds crazy. I actually feel bad for Donald Trump, and I feel bad for this country because. Why can't they take care of this this stuff? Yeah. Why can't they take care of it? What's what's going on down there? That Mexico is like, oh, I don't know. Well, are they leaving? Wait, yeah. where are you going? Hector, come here. No? <laughs> oh fuck! Right. God, right. Dave. <laughs> give me a, send, me, send, me some, send me some money when you get to your job. When you get to Tyson Meats. Yeah. Me okay. All right, but hey, uh, hey, Adriana, where are you going? Hey, 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 Miss Rivera. What? Oh, come on. <laughs> everybody's leaving. It's Why true. is everybody leaving? You're right. Why? It's too fucked up. It's what? too fucked up. It's that's, th- my, that's my answer. I hope you yeah. feel like I answered it. No, it's a good answer. It's a good answer. But now that you went on an, you went on a rampage as you typically do so long, we have to get to the important part of the show, which is our yeah. Jew our Jew food. And being where you and I are probably both practicing Jumadan right now, I really I know we're supposed to eat at night, but um as Jews, it's probably impossible to do that. So we're going to skip the Jumadan, and we're going to just move on to eating our conditions, which we talked about eating together. I'll tell you a funny story real quickly. I, I don't know. I, I, I was there. I don't even remember the story. But I took uh, two of my Gentile friends. I wouldn't normally refer to them as Gentile friends, but I took two Gentile friends to uh, Coney Island a couple of years ago. 
and uh, we took him to the boardwalk and all this stuff. I don't know what most of your listeners know. But anyway, the boardwalk, the beach, you know, Coney Island Beach, Brighton Beach, uh, used to be a very chewy area. Yeah. And you used to be able to get, you know, conditions there and yeah. all this other stuff. Anyway, anyway, so these are two Gentiles that don't know anything from Coney Island. They don't know anything from Brighton Beach, Brighton Beach memoirs, the play, the movie, nothing. They don't know nothing about anything that's Judaism or kosher or, or, or Coney Island or Brighton Beach. Anyway, so... I said, listen, guys, I'm going to turn you on to a Kanish. That's where my goal is today. <laughs> I want to show you the best of Brooklyn, but I want to turn you on to a Kanish. And, of course, you get the question, what's a Kanish? i got to explain to them. It's potato, but not really. No. The whole thing about explaining a Kanish, it's, it's a little bit difficult to explain a Kasha Kanish versus a crusty yeah. earth uh, uh, potato Kanish. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all the Kanish facilities, all the Kanish Places, all the kosher places in Coney Island are now gone. Yeah. They're all gone. Yeah. You cannot just walk on the bar and get a condition. Nobody is walking the beach selling conditions. There used to be guys that would walk the beach and sell conditions from a bag, from a, believe it or not. Right. So, anyway, um, all that being said and done, uh, I, I see a guy walking just walking on the boardwalk, a guy and his buddy, just walking on the boardwalk. Just some guy with his shirt off, you know, my age, whatever, you know, uh, and he's just walking, and I said, excuse me, sir, because he looked like he was in the know, like he was kind of chewy, yeah. and he would know. Yeah. I had confidence <laughs> that he would know. So I said to the guy, he said, excuse me, sir, uh, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, and by, it was springtime, it was summertime, everybody's having a good time. And I just, I just come out of nowhere. I say, uh, do you know where you can still get a good knish around here? And he goes, oh, knish. And he's like sucking a lollipop. And <laughs> he goes, oh, knishes, forget about it. And this is his thing. You get the thing, oh, forget about it, forget about it. You can't get knishes here no more. Forget about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And then he goes, I said, wait a minute. And you can go down. He, you know, he tells me directions. And, I, and we start talking about knishes. We start talking about food. And his response, he kept on saying, oh, yeah, 100%, man, 100%, absolutely. Yeah. Kanish's <laughs> man, Kasha, and, and he, uh, you remember Ruby's? And we got this whole conversation. Anyway, I'm going down the memory lane, but here's the point of the story. I love it. My two Gentile friends are standing there looking at me. The conversation, I, 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 I fell into a trance. <laughs> this guy brought out my inner Jew. <laughs> so five minutes later, I know what to do. We start watching. Thank you, buddy. Hey, man, it's nice to meet you. you know. He said, yeah, you're 100%, 100%, nice to meet you. We go down the road. We start walking down the boardwalk. My two Gentile friends look at me and go, can you tell us what just happened? I go, what do you, what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm oblivious. I'm oblivious. Can you just tell us what happened? I go, uh, what do you mean? He goes, what was that you just did? What, what was all that? I said, I don't know. I asked the guy about conditions. He goes, do you know what just happened? You, you just like, you just went on this. We don't know anything you just said. We don't understand any of the words. We don't understand. You just said a whole bunch of, it sounded like English. It probably was English. But we don't recognize any of it. You just turned it to somebody. We don't know who you are. I went, really? Because yeah, that was, they were laughing. He goes, that was the craziest thing that we've ever seen a person do. Just go up to somebody, a stranger on the boardwalk, yeah. ask him about where you can find a condition, and then we fell into this Jewy rabbit hole, or rabbit <laughs> kosher. We fell into this Jewy condition hole, and we just, you know, it was amazing. I said, wow, I didn't even realize that happened. And they were laughing so hard. And then I did find them a little Kiddush place that still exists, but oh. it wasn't like real, it was like, yeah. you know, it was like microwave. It was like, Processed. you know, nuclear condition. It was like, yeah. it, no, it was potato, it was just, it didn't make them. This store was just some, 
it doesn't matter. It just wasn't uh, what I wanted to do. But Nathan's still exists, and Nathan still sells hot dogs. I mean, um, conditions. Do you know so that I, I don't know if I knew. I don't know if I knew that Nathan's ever sold knishes. Isn't that weird? Wow, that's. I don't even know if I knew that either. You're right. Wow. I, I just went there for my father's uh, oh. 80th uh, surprise birthday party, which is a whole other story. Right. Um, but anyway, but uh, across the street was Nathan's where we were. And yeah, they have, they have, the, they have everything corn, they have uh, you know, corn on the cob, what? they have uh, hot dogs, pizza, they got everything. Oh, that's weird. Is yeah, it? Gotta, oh, that's. You got to come down. You got to come down to Coney hey. Island. Okay, for huh? sure. For well, you know what's really funny, Dave, is, uh, so me and my husband have been to uh, New York like dozens of times, and I've been to Coney Island when I was a kid, and he's never been there. And every time we go, he says, <gasps> "Let's go out there." I know, and I'm like. No, I, I, it's still too scary now. You know, my dad, who's from Brooklyn, always says, don't go near Coney Island. It's too scary now. No, and so I don't. But no. guess what? When we come next time, you and your wife are going to take us to Coney Island. We're going to go hang out there and find the yes. knishes. I will, be, I, I will be your escort. There I will we go. Be your escort. I will be your bodyguard and your Perfect. escort. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. isn't it funny? Yeah. Like, it, you're telling this story about people listening to how we get in these Jewy rants with people and how... We don't give a shit. We just like approach people and ask questions because we are the curious ones. We're the chosen people because we're we're curious. And but how funny right. is it that it's like speaking another language or speaking sign language? People don't get what we're doing. Like and we get it, no. but they have no clue. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And but I, I but it was so what's also funny to me is I was unaware of what was yeah. happening. Yeah. I was in it. And I he wasn't aware, and they looked at me like I was somebody, like I morphed into, like, you know, into somebody else. I, I chameleoned into yeah. a totally different person, and and language was being spoken, words were being said, and the thoughts and ideas, and there was joy. It was happiness, it was joy, and they they didn't get it. They're like, what, what was all of that? I, I don't know, I just talked to the guy about conditions. And, uh, man, we got deep into the condition world. Yeah, we that, really got deep in five minutes. That was just a verbal <laughs> orgasm that you just witnessed. Now, you got, right. I can't remember how to pronounce those. Gollins? What are they? What's your conditions you're eating? Oh, you know what? I, I don't have the wrapper with me. Gabriella okay. is like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I messed that up. I no, didn't write no, no. it down. Uh, it's some famous, supposedely famous Kanish company from New York. I think I have no idea. Gab- Gabula's. No Ga- Gabula's. Gabula's Brooklyn's <laughs> original potato knishes. So you yeah, are eating like seasoned mashed potatoes wrapped in a ultimate crispy crust. Now, yours, you did not include your, oh, you did. You did. Now, your calorie count on this is 180 calories for one knish. 25 calories of that is fat, 36 of that is carbs, which is so interesting. And four, four grams is protein. I find that very interesting. Now, mine is probably going to knock your calories way out of the park. Um, mine, I, uh, I made at home, gave me something to do today. I mixed up my potatoes and my uh, onions and my garlic and my salt and pepper, and I used my schmaltz, but I did not have grieven. And to me, the best way to eat them is with grieven. But they came out fucking awesome. I did have to taste it. I have to admit I had to taste it to make sure I was going to enjoy it with you. I haven't made them in a long time. 
And so here we are from the middle of the country to the east of the country, and we are both going to eat our knishes together, unless you've already probably had a bite as well. I, uh, I made two, uh, just to be sure that, you know, I, I had one. I had to test them. I don't yeah. want to come unprepared to the show, so I already tested one, the one that you saw me cut up, and now I have the second one right here on a plate. Awesome. Now, how are you, are you eating? Ready? How? Yeah, yeah, but wait, wait, wait. How are you eating on a plate, yeah. off a plate, while you're driving? I have a small plate. I, I'm using the back of my hand to, okay. to hold on to the steering wheel. Oh, I vase me. Okay. Okay, now both of us, obviously, we noticed as taking pictures and sending it to each other that we really enjoy mustard. I prefer to have sweet and, sweet and salty mustard with mine, and you like just regular dark mustard? Is that what you had on yours? Well, I wanted, I wanted dark, I wanted a spicy brown, but we don't have any now, so we just have yellow mustard, Okay, which is fine. Okay, all right, here we go. I, we I ready? I'm a surprise. After we have this. I have a little surprise, so I, I took it one notch further. Okay, so, of course you did. Into it and we talk, I, I, yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm eating now. All right, let's go. Ready? Okay. Go. Hold on. Mm. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Deal it. Oh, my God. It's good to be, good to be Jewish. It's so fucking good to be Jewish. So true. Oh, my God. Mine's mm. so good. Let's go. It's delicious. Okay. You know, you must know that I like surprises. Do you know that? You do like surprises? Oh my god, yeah. Because you keep surprising me. Right. I thought you like. I thought you figured that one out. Oh no, I, I'm just doing it. But okay, I'm glad you like it. Well, yeah, I like it. I could, I could have done, I could have done surprise better, but I forgot about it, and I realized on the way into work today that I have to stop at the station, the gas station, and get something. Well, it's very important that you eat the right. Chewy foods. Yeah. Know? Yeah. We've had halva. Uh, halva. Mm-hmm. We've had um, a bagel with schmear. Yep. Everything bagel with schmear. And now we're having a, a kish. Oh, wait. I'm having a potato kish. You're having a what? A kasha? No. A potato. 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 Potato kish. Okay. Yeah. So I'm having mine with mustard. You're having your own. So, but you got to wash it down. What are you going to wash down your kish with? Well, I have water here, but, you know, what are you thinking? Uh oh. Uh oh. What do you want me to wash it down? Uh, not me. What do you want uh, me to? Hold on a second. Here's a surprise. I'm gonna wash it down to see if you can hear it. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I bought some cream soda. I have A and W cream uh, soda. A and W. Not Doctor Brown's. Huh? You need Doctor Brown's cream soda. <laughs> I know, but I forgot. I oh, forgot. Hey. So I got A and W cream soda. So here's to you. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I, I feel bad. You should have told me you wanted me to do that. I would have gotten it too. That would have been really good to wash the town with. Oh, so well, good. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, sometimes it's, it's better just to surprise you. You're right. You're right. You. So I love it's, it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's delicious. It's the perfect combination. Excellent. Some sort of chewy hot food with cream soda. Right. I've had cream soda in years. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. actually, I don't think I have either. I love it though. We have it at our deli, so it's good. So we just uh, excellent. We just fulfilled another segment. We did segment of, of Aren't you hungry? Aren't you Aren't, <laughs> aren't you, you hungry? hungry? Aren't you hungry? But I get I got a little yeah. background. I got a little interesting background about. Excuse me, I just belched. Um, I have some interesting yeah. background on knishes because, of course, then I was very interested in them. So. Um, 
of course, this is, we just enjoyed a Kanish, which is a part of a part of the delicacies of the Jewish uh, food groups. Uh, I don't know if I, do we consider this to be a vegetable? I think we do, don't we? Potato, huh? Yeah, let's go with that. Potatoes, onions, garlic. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right. So Eastern yeah. European, okay. so Eastern European Jewish immigrants who arrived sometime around 1900 brought knishes to North America. Knish, it is a Yiddish word that was derived from the Ukraine and Poland. Um, now I don't know if you've been there. You probably have, but a little story about um, Yona Schimmel's. In 1890, Jonas Schimmel, a Romanian immigrant, used a pushcart to start his Kanish bakery. As business grew, a small store on Houston Street was rented by Jonas and his cousin Joseph Berger. When Jonas left the business, a few years later, Berger took over the business, retaining the original name. And in 1910, the Burgers moved the business to the south side at Houston Street at its current location. Now, um... Have you right now? It's operated by Yona's great nephew, Alex Wolfman. I don't know if you have yes. been there, but have you been to Yona's to Schimmel's? Um, I just I, I don't know if I've been to that particular place. If people want to go and get the original badass, it's more like the ones you bought, those square ones. Yeah, the Yona yeah. Schimmel's are awesome, awesome. Yeah. They serve it with mustard too. So, um, yeah. so I want to do a little bit of in the know. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a small tip. I apologize for not being prepared. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I don't think about it. I mean, that's exactly what, uh, what, you want something personal? I'll give you something personal. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, my parents are deaf. You yes. Know about that. I know, and you've kind of thrown it out there, but a lot of people don't know. And what, can I just give a little backstory on that too is, I met you last year, and I talked to you a few times this year, and I did talk to you a fair amount when we met. And I and when I listened to a radio show that you were on and that you talked about your deaf parents, I was floored that you had never said anything. I think that's a huge, huge deal, and that's like your that's like as that's as amazing as like your dad's president of the local synagogue. I mean, that's a big fucking deal. So. I was just like, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of speechless when it comes to that whole thing. I suppose I don't mean it anything like that was kind of not very nice, but I, I I find it so interesting (laughs) that you are such a yachna, but you come from a household that never spoke. I mean, I suppose you and your sisters, it's just you and your sister, right? Yes. Yeah. And you guys, you guys would speak, but but when, yes. like, how did you learn to speak? Like, you obviously were were taught sign language from the time that you could, like, move your hands. I'm sure your parents taught you sign language. But yeah, you would just see it. Yeah. Just so, like, when obvious. did you go to yeah. when did you go to like kindergarten, and that's when you, or did you go to preschool or anything? Where you that's when you started speaking? I like, I did everything normal. I did everything normal like everybody else with the pre-K and the kindergarten and okay. the first okay. grade, second grade, all that. I did everything normal except for three years of yeshiva, first, second, and third grade. I did everything normal, everything public. Um, my uh, father's mother and father lived uh, in the same apartment building that I grew up in. We grew up in a, in a 13-story or 19-story apartment building in Brooklyn. Wow. And they were in the same building. So uh, I got a lot of my vocabulary from them. Ah. Uh, Got it. Yeah, yeah, but 
But looking back, I know now that it wasn't really enough. It did uh, impede my progress in school. Uh, I did not have the vocabulary that other kids did. I had the curiosity uh, even more than anybody else, but I didn't have the vocabulary. And uh, it did affect me uh, going down the road. Uh, uh, it doesn't affect all children of deaf adults, because we've explained that, right? That uh, I belong to this organization called CODA, yes. C-O-D-A. I'm going to the conference in a couple of weeks. I can't wait. Cool. It's going to be uh, an interesting week. Wasn't your first time was last year, wasn't it? Yes, in Vancouver. Had you not yes, heard so about it, the, uh, or did they just start doing it? Was this new, or? Oh, this has been going on for over 20 years. Oh. I'm late to the party. I'm assuming I'm, that the kids, all the people that are there, that are, they, they are deaf parents, but, they're, but they speak? Is that what that group is? Yes, everybody... 99% of us are just normal hearing and speaking uh, people. I, if you're hard of hearing, you're, you might be hard of hearing, but it's 99% people just like me, just like you. They're just normal, everyday people. Not that there's an abnormal, but, you know, we're just as normal as normal can be in whatever criteria you're using to describe normal. But anyway, but our parents, you have to have, uh, the, the, you have, to have one mother or one father or a guardian. Somebody who raised you has to have been deaf, and that's how you get into the CODA organization. It's very tough to get into. Wow. They call the CODA CAN, CODA Hoxton T-A-N for Canada. This oh. year it's CODA Haven, and I'll be in uh, Providence, Rhode Island in a couple of weeks. Wow. Uh, June 28th, I think, is the first day. It's only three or four days. I'm very excited because it's my family. These are yeah. my, this is like a very... Uh, you remember, did you get that good feeling, that warm feeling when we went to uh, Podcast Movement 17, where everybody walking around was just like you doing a podcast? Did you get any sort of nice, warm feeling from all that? Um, no? Uh, uh, not really. I got to say to you, my warmest feeling was the first night when I met you and I met that woman that was sitting across from us. Schneider. But between yeah. you two, I definitely got that feeling. I was comfortable. Right. So that warm feeling that I was trying to allude yeah. to yeah. was that is, is a feeling that I get at Cumberland Haven or any of these Cumberland events, and uh, it's the first time in my life I've ever felt that way. It's like having a high school reunion awesome. every year, but it's more than high school. It's really a deep, profound connection that I have with these people. Absolutely. Because we've all experienced the same thing, but different. Yes. And we've experienced it. The same experience with our parents from all over the world. I've met Korean people. I've met um, you know, German people, uh, uh, Scottish, uh, all different types of people, uh, Australian people, Southern people from the, down south. It's just really been a phenomenal experience meeting these people and knowing when when we look into each other's eyes and we talk, we all we all have the same but different background and. It's just really, it's a, it's a fascinating connection that we all have. It's a very, very uh, emotional. Have you met people that both have t two parents also that are deaf? Both of my parents are deaf. No, did you yes. meet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. All right, you're at work. Yeah. You're at work. So right. you should sign right. off, Dave. I Thank you so much for uh, hanging with me again today, dude. Goodbye, Bex. Hey, Dave. See you later. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to Not So Kosher and Dumbing It Down with Dave on iTunes. Both equally fabulous. Uh, you can check out Dave at Dumb with Dave on Twitter. Make sure you give him five stars because he really likes that. And, uh, you know, I could use five stars too on Not So Kosher. 
Check out Backroom Studios for all your listening pleasure of great shows that we have on tap. You can tweet us at NotSoKosher, uh, Instagram at NotSoKosherTC. Make sure you follow, like, and share us on Facebook. Uh, we are located on many platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, iHeart, SoundCloud, wherever the fuck you want to find us, you can. This is how we do it. And be well, my Juniverse. This is-